Okay. Well, we are here at Four Lights with CEO John Flurry. Thank you for joining us today. We got Jamie, Aaron, and Chris. Guys, give some love to the mic. Hi. This is John Flurry. <laughs> I love you, Mike. That's what I was going to say. Gerald, that one was for you. <laughs> so um, we have an exciting and incredible opportunity here um, at Game Source to join uh, the fantastic crew of Four Lights who were uh, kind enough to welcome the, us into their their family's home here in their development studio here in a sunny, very, 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 very hot Las Vegas. 113 degrees <laughs> Las Vegas. There's an umbrella. We're good. There, like there is an umbrella right, right here, so we're, we're, we're good. But uh, I'm not going to take the spotlight here. Um, I'm going to leave it to uh, John to kind of go over a little bit. Uh, what is what is this game? What is it about? So Defenders of Time is a tower defense, but it's not like any tower defense you've really ever seen before. It's fast. It's very fast. And it's built around the idea that multiple players playing together uh, is way more fun than playing alone. So four players on each team get together and... They go at it. Each uh, each team's got their own commander. Uh, the commander decides what to send the other team, and they spend their time analyzing the other team and helping their own team because they probably know the map better than the rest of their teammates. But the three team members that are remaining spend their time trying to maze. Uh, they maze, they set up uh, all the towers, and they have 100% cell, so they can send or they can build a maze go oh the the incoming creeps have changed or we did this wrong and they can actually mass sell things by holding down R and um, waving over towers and it's uh, it's as I said before it's fast so uh, each team member's got so much money if they're not focusing and paying attention every second they'll end up with a pile of money so large they'll have trouble spending it. <laughs> So when has uh, that ever become a problem? Yeah. <laughs> Only in a video game oh, is that a problem. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too much money. Well, I mean, we could definitely say from our experience with the game. Um, I think there's a there's strategic elements in the game that that are introduced that are not available in in most, if any other, tower defense game. And I think that that element adds features in the game that make you want and then compel you to play it over and over and over again. Um, and I mean, not only that, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, it's intuitive. It allows the player, like we discussed earlier, John, that you can kind of just even if you don't really have a whole lot of experience previously with tower defense games, you could jump in and have an idea right off the bat. Hey, okay, this is how you this. These are the tools. These are the resources that are available to me. Now I can jump in and get ready to play. So, just taking that point, we built some tools specifically for players who are just jumping in. The other players can actually draw on their UI and actually draw on the map by holding down uh, control and shift respectively. Which worked out well for me, by the way. <laughs> so you, you've got players jumping in going, where do I build? What do I do? How do, how do I do this? And just like everybody does when they first jump into any game. And uh, their teammates can actually go, hey, and they hold down shift and start drawing around. We need to build a maze that brings creeps around this way. And then they go, I, I still don't know what to do. And the other player may go, hey, I, I need you to share money with me. And they go, how do I do that? So you, they hold down control, and they can actually draw on the portion of the UI that says, hey, there's money here. Or, hey, uh, we need you to ready up. Well, where do I ready up? And it's in the middle of the screen. It, it should be <laughs> <a chance laughs> but somebody like me needs to be told that. But it happens <laughs> once in a while. So you have somebody who actually holds down control and just circles ready. 
and it, it really works out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I and, and again, I just think um, I think the the commander element that I think that is something that is so unique to this title, and it allows uh, experienced or seasoned players who have you know had the opportunity to play the maps and, and uh, get acclimated to them, and it gives them another um, derivative and another side of the game where. Um, you're having to be even more tactical and more efficient because now you're commanding a team, and on top of that, respectively, you're trying to combat the other team by throwing yeah. stuff their way while being able to manage your team. And again, I, I think that I think that's another element of the game that adds a whole entirely new interest level. Um, and I know that Chris and I got the opportunity to play as commander in a... At first, you mean I got the chance to play. You got the chance to lose. Okay. Uh, you didn't just by a small <laughs> margin. Okay, he had two by a small margin. Thank you very much. Um, nonetheless, I think it those is, two was still our win. Yeah, yeah, that two was still our win. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll hear about that from time to time to come. <laughs> or that first game. <laughs> We, we won more than in three play, okay? That's that's a small victory for me. I'm going to assume you guys got up from your chair and left the room at the start of that game. It was so bad. As far as, like, with that as well, with the, the commander portion, it almost makes it seem like with if you did a four versus four uh, game, that three and three are going to be playing one game while the commanders are actually playing almost an entirely different game that's still relevant to it. Because uh, they have a lot more to look at, a lot more to keep their mind on. Almost like you're you're playing like parallel, almost. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think uh, again, I, I, and I'm not, you know, like they're I'm not trying to win brownie points with you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but in all actuality, you know, exactly. It, it's it's you're paying you're playing a parallel game, and it, it's it's adding that extra need to be strategic. Um, you're. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you're playing with a fewer uh, number of players, the commander then has money to spend. Yeah, if, you, uh, if, if one of your players drops out or you start a three-on-three three or actually really any variation that's not four-on-four, the commander now has the ability to spend money, uh, which gets hectic because you've got to control the creeps going over to the other side, which means you have to look at the other side and go, okay, well, I, I need to send this. I, I, I think that they're weak to this. And you need to build things at the same time. Although you could give all your money away, that's that's, that's easy enough to easy. do. Oh yeah, I didn't even just think keep about sending that. your money away on your downtime. And like, oh now let me send these creeps. Oh now let me upgrade this, and then just send your money to the other two. It, I I, th- I just think it's also cool though that you know in in uh, to be able to have the ability to see real world real time what your, the other players are doing, and to then curb your strategy around that. And, and like you were saying earlier as well, um, how it's no secret. You know what's coming at you. It's whether or not you're capable of being able to take care of that, you know, as you're getting, you know, stronger enemies coming later on. I think that is another, um, you know, exciting element that that adds a whole other level of play in it, too, because in essence, every play will never be the same because you have to cater your style differently to each commander, each player, each team. And we thought that was really important for replayability. We really hated the idea of having this set. Uh, series of creeps that come out. Okay, first it's this, then it's air, then it's this, and then it's air again. Okay, well, we wanted to have a, a dynamic feeling to the game, so that you, every time you played, it's a little different. Yeah. Even if you think you know the solution to the map, you might be wrong this time. I think they captured that very, very well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Most tower defense games, it's a puzzle, and once I figure out that puzzle, there's no stopping me. And this game, 
I'm going to get drop kicked in the face. If uh, I keep doing the same thing over and over, the other guy's going to learn and do something different. Well, it's like we were saying in the other room, you know, most hard defense games, you get to level five and you die, but you can get right back there because you know what you did to get yeah. there. You don't the strategy. Time. Exactly. Whereas with this, you don't. You know, and that, that makes it great, really, in my opinion. It's Plus, like a no, hold, no holds, no like bar. Like Chris started adventure saying there could be leads, defense. things like that. More so than It's true, because even in there, we're like, okay, you take this part, you take this part. It turned right into, you know, yeah. somebody doing something in strategic parts. So could you explain a little bit more um, in regards to, uh, you know, later on down the road when it's released and everything, um, how will the interactivity work with um, your team members who are matched up in, in terms of voice chat and the uh, physical chat and things of that nature we were discussing earlier? So we wanted to make sure that uh, players got the best team experience possible. And what that meant to us was we needed to build a few features. Like the drawing I was talking about earlier, it's very important to be able to illustrate something to someone. But also, really important in a high pace or in a fast-paced game like this, you don't have time to type, really. It, you, you can say one or two words if you're a quick typist, if you, you're sure where you are, and there's a little lull, but you're, you're really not going to have time. So in our game, if you, it has integrated deeply integrated voice chat. So if you just press the E key, which is right next to where your fingers are going to be resting, uh, it'll activate the microphone. And uh, you can actually set up a microphone after the game started running. You can set the volume after it started running without ever going into an escape menu or uh, going back out to Windows. If you pick the wrong microphone when you started your computer and you started the game without realizing, you can actually switch it once you get into the game. That's all uh, integral to the way the microphone experience works. So you don't have to worry, did I get it right? You don't have to mess with it. When you first start out, you just go, okay, well... You didn't hear anything? Okay, switch mic, done. Um, well, will you have will you have any ability in terms of uh, to toggle the mic in such a way where it's, it'll just be completely voice active? Uh, not at the moment. Uh, we, we've had we've had some bad experiences with that, and we notice that when other people play games, they usually turn uh, that voice activation off. So we figure uh, key activated is fine. If the community really wants uh, voice activated that's easy enough for us to do. Great, okay. Um, I mean, you gentlemen can elaborate a little bit more. What were some of your experiences playing? I know we were kind of all playing against one another, which was, uh, I had a really great time. I, I thought, I thought you know, we burned through three games fast, yeah. and it was fast fun. And, and I, I could have easily gone for another three. It was just like, it I'd still be wanting playing. to try more. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> I'd be playing by myself if I had just keep going. It's quite fun to yeah. learn, and there's so many different towers. There's uh, six colors and three levels of each t- color. Yep. And uh, like I know, level two had almost like a tree, you know, yeah. where you had tower A and tower B of, of that color. And uh, we never saw the third level of any of the towers on our side. I don't know if you guys made it to level three. Yeah, we did. It, and that's and that's another thing to elaborate a little bit more on the on the command structure is that um, it's I think it's unique how the tree is structured. Where um, you know, initially your your first thoughts were, oh well, I guess I have to do each level of the tree, but it's not like that. Um, you can basically tailor your command structure in the way that you open up available units in that depending on your strategy as a leader, which I think is another 
um, cool feature of it, and you know, it gives you the ability to kind of pick and choose what you want to upgrade and what you don't want to upgrade. Yeah, there was actually one game you guys played where uh, the opposition uh, jumped in and almost completely uh, ignored any sort of defensive towers. You got the first level of uh, a defensive <laughs> tower and then jumped straight to stealth air, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> Nick and that was James team. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was so insane. Was, it's like, wait a second, we've been rocking this. All of a sudden, they have 10 life left, and we're at like 19, and we lose. Yeah. They took it was a, like, holy cow, what just happened? They took an enormous risk doing that, because if you guys had sent anything any uh, more complex than uh, one of the basic units... It, it, you'd have wiped him out. <laughs> but instead, they got in there early. It was, it was basically a tower defense rush tactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, and, and, and you know, it, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It almost has you not yelling at the other players, but you're almost like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, you yeah. just, you just, it's, it, I think it's exciting. And it definitely, there's that, there's a gameplay that, you know, we, like we've been reiterating, it makes you want to continue to play. It makes you want to get on there. Uh, I mean, I think we all have a great time if, you know, all of us got on, and you know, it, it just—it's it, just. Um, I think you definitely need all something new. All of us versus know. Gerald. That's what I was yeah. just going to say. Let's <laughs> not teach him how to play. <laughs> Let him learn on his own. There you go. Absolutely. So um, maybe you can go into a little bit uh, for for what you can you know elaborate on details wise. Uh, do you have an expected release date for? So we're uh, we have an exact date pinned down in the studio, but what we're saying is August or September. Okay. Uh, my my uh, engineers made me promise not to give out an exact date to anyone, okay. because then everybody wants it. Specific time. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what about a price point? Do you have a general price point that you intend on that, that you can go into? We've we decided that uh, we want to release this game for twenty dollars. We were originally thinking all 30, right, <laughs> but we really think this is we want to have make sure our players get a really good value out of the game. They come to us and they see four lights and they go, yeah. I know this game's going to be worth more than whatever they're asking for it. We want to make sure that they know that when they see us. So, so do you have any intentions long-term? Um, I know this may be a little bit premature to ask at this juncture, but um, in terms of integrating uh, microtransactions or uh, map packs or any custom skins or you know things of that nature that, that would be available in-game that might, uh, that might be available to players who might want to maybe custom-tailor it a little bit to their... So a lot of companies have been going towards that, but we want to make sure our, our game is something that is a value to players, and you can get the whole game instead of having to buy you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And it's don't get me wrong; it's a great way to make money, and a lot of players love it, and a lot of companies love it. But we really be miserable believe... as a player if I'm playing against a commander who has like this amazing creep and. I've never seen that creep before because it just came out and he's one of the first people to get it. My team doesn't have it. That would totally blow the balance of the game to me. If it you would. did something gameplay-wise. We're, we're incredibly strongly against pay-to-win. Yeah. And we don't even really like microtransactions in games. We all, as a group, we decide things as a as a whole studio. And we've decided as a group we just aren't big fans of games that require you to buy constant... You know, one new map, one new suit of armor, one new thing here. It's it feels like nickel and diming. We want just we want players to take this game for twenty bucks and just have the whole thing. Have fun. 
Tell your friends about it. It's only going to cost $20. Uh, what we've decided, though, is if we decide in the future that we're going to do a major content thing, um, that we might do expansion packs, but they'll be big, and they'll be a great value for your money, too. If we charge you $5, you can be really sure that it's going to cost, or that it, you're going to get five hours out of that. Cool. All right. Um, so, I mean, in terms of uh, the type of game, um, does, does your studio, have they collaborated in, in any way on um, whether or not you, you plan to expand in this particular genre, or do you think there's a possibility that you might go into first-person shooters or role-playing games or things of that nature? So every time we make a new game, uh, this is our first game, but this is how we started this first game. Every time we do this, we actually uh, sit down as a studio and hash out a whole bunch of different game ideas. Um, we want to make the games that we would like to play that aren't easily available on the market. So we wanted to see a tower defense that was fast, and we wanted to see a multiplayer tower defense. So that's what we built. They're hard to come across. They're, they do exist, but they're hard to come across. Not good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Except for yours. We played a lot of tower defenses leading up to this, and there are some awesome ones out there. And I, I fully encourage anyone out there to go out and check out everything that's available. There's a lot of bad stuff out there, but... I can't say too many bad things about our competitors that come up with good ideas. Yeah, I mean, um, but more personal experience. We have. <laughs> Most good tower defense games are either one v AI or one v one. This is four v four or more three v one, while another three v one is going on almost. But it's, we we it's saw a lot of that. Very different than anything I've seen or played. As I said, we we really wanted to make something different. So this isn't quite what any of those other games are. They're totally different games. Um, some, as a studio, we want to make the games that we would like to play that aren't being made by other people. This is one of those games. Nobody's made a tower defense like this. You won't find anything like it anywhere. Um, and the next game we do, it may be, it may be Defenders of Time 2. But more than likely... It'll be a group vote to do some wild space-based racer. Yeah, who knows? Uh, we have a lot of ideas. Uh, everybody's writing them down right now. Tea time dress up. <laughs> you never know. I, we have at least one developer who's done that before. <laughs> oh, man. And you were saying, you know, your CEO, but if everybody else outvotes you, as long as you think it is feasible to do it, you're going to go along with the group, which I think is an awesome concept uh, for the individual developers. You know, they, they're going to feel like they have a real say in the company versus other companies where it's, you do this now, and this now, and this now. Well, I mean, so that's something, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, as a, as a business strategy, I think that definitely helps you as a studio, uh, you know, to have a lot of potential growth there, because, you, you know, they all have equal involvement. So something that's, something that we decided to take advantage of is as as a CEO, as someone who loves design and other things like that, I have a good idea of what a lot of things take. But my or the people who work here, I, I couldn't even begin to tell them the first thing about code. And I've got a programmer who's been doing this for 22 years. I if I went and tried to tell him exactly how to optimize something or when we should optimize something, 
all I'd be doing is wasting our time. So we take everybody's input here um, and really, really make sure that everybody has a say, and everybody owns their portion. And it's really turned out wonderfully well. We sometimes will come back from a weekend and somebody will have had this idea and they'll have put it in the game and they'll go, hey, look at this. That's how our camera got there. Our, uh, one of our programmers got frustrated one day and he came back on Monday. He's like, I fixed it. That's That's exactly what we heard, actually. It was, it was a totally different camera. Nobody approved it. Nobody said, hey, let's do this. Nobody put it on an inspect sheet. They just, he came back and he had it. And when we went to E3, we had people going, this is an amazing camera. We had people from, uh, uh, from really big studios coming over. It was, but we get that all the time. I mean, I, and I do have to say from, you know, from my experience playing it, I think the camera's probably one of the key components of the game. Um, like I was kind of explaining to you earlier that um, it's nice that if you're kind of got stuff going on in the corner, how you can just kind of just so fluidly kind of flip around get right back into the action because you're not struggling with up, down, <laughs> left, right. Be the top yeah, of the screen. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I know that there's something problem. here, but there's this mountain in the way. What is yeah. here? I want to do something here. Well, plus I think uh, I really like the, um, I think, the icon indicator where you can kind of set like a waypoint almost to be able to click on that and go right to where another player may have... Ah, uh, yeah, ping. Yeah, ping. Yeah, that was that was something we had to have in. But that's common in a lot of games. Well, some... but, but I mean, I think it executes well in this one, you know, to where um, uh, one of the maps that we can't divulge that we got the opportunity to see um, on that one, <laughs> air quotes, <laughs> um, I think that would be a phenomenal use of that particular, you know, that... Ping really event. comes in handy. Also, if you ping right before you draw, you can get players to come towards you. And you can see when they're near you because they're pegs, or they're not pegs anymore, they're actually glowing squares. So you can tell when other players are nearby. Yeah, I like that because there were times where, you know, at the beginning when we're building our maze, you could see, okay, this person's going to take this quadrant, and okay, I'm going to start in the middle doing the thing here. And then somebody would come over and, you know, they knew that's where you were building, so they'd come over to where you were and finish for you if their area didn't need as much prep time at the start. Or, you know, you, you could see where everybody was. You could almost anticipate what they were going to do. And, you know, maybe I don't need to be in this area. Maybe I do, depending on what, you know, you can see that they're doing. Even if they haven't built anything yet, you can see them, you know, tracing the line in their, their head almost. And that's... That was really cool, rather than, oh, God, where'd that building come from? Like some games are. Yeah, and just be, being able to, you know, hey, I need you to, you know, line this one area with as many as you can. I mean, it's nice to just go and just kind of highlight that one area, and then you go, okay, I got it, you know, and start popping them in there. And, you know, again, just the way the, the, uh, the currency system works is nice, too, because just when you think, you know, you're like, crap, I'm, I'm, out, of, I'm, out, I'm out of cash, you either, like we were discussing earlier, hey, you know, here's here's my money, or before you know it, you're back up to ten, twenty thousand, and you know you're ready to start upgrading tower. So, I mean, I th I think yeah, you you just have a real rapid environment that you're working in, but at the same time, um, it, you're not dampered down in any way by, I mean, you you have very little downtime, very 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 little downtime, and that's really the most downtime you have is looking around the map, waiting for you to get a little bit more cash to 
to be able to upgrade. So I think th- I think that definitely Which keeps... isn't much. It was a few times John came behind me and was like, dude, dude, spend your money quick. Yeah. And I thought I was out. You know, yeah. A second ago, I had no money. And you almost don't look at it because you're so... So I was like, I don't got no money. I'm going to look at this real quick. <laughs> yeah, I just sent the last of my money to somebody else because I didn't quite have enough. They were a lot closer than I was to the upgrade. And by the time I'm done clicking the send button, I've got enough to upgrade three. It's like, where did this come from? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I wish yeah, I had this problem in real life where <laughs> I have too much money to spend. <laughs> right. um, you, you were telling us what you called the anti-monopoly system. Uh, can, can you explain that to our listeners? So we call it the anti-monopoly system because I, I'm sure everybody's played Monopoly who's listening to this. You start playing Monopoly, and you, you get there, you buy all the properties, and you start placing houses, and then one person gets a little bit of an edge. Just a little bit of an edge. And then it's just a long, slow decline, and that player's probably going to win. You know, about eight times out of ten, the player will win. And what we were encountering earlier in the development process, we, we operate on a very iterative system, so we go, okay, this isn't quite fun, so we go and we actually change it. We, and you make it fun. We, we realize that mm-hmm. players who start losing, they'd start losing because their maze wasn't quite as good. And then they'd start losing. So now their maze isn't quite as good, and they don't have enough money because they've now lost a bunch of money because creeps have leaked by. So now they've got two handicaps. Now they're doomed. It's just a question of time. The other player or the other team just needs to hole up for a while, and they will lose. So what we did was we... Uh, said that every creep that leaks actually gives the players twice as much money as a creep that doesn't leak. So now your maze isn't quite as good, but now you've got a ton of money too, more to than the, it up. more than the other team has. So you can shore up your defenses even if they're a little bit more kludgy. Now the other team will get the advantage too if they start leaking by bit or by pieces. Your objective now is to cause them to leak massively, which definitely happened in one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you did. And I have to say, I have no know, shame in saying that was our team. Yeah. Chris and I won that game, and it was, what was it, 29 to nothing, I think. That was nowhere near as fun as the, the next two games that were 3 to 0 and 1 to 0. Yeah, well, and we split those things. That really. was but that was something else. I mean, that one like zero. everybody was cheering when it ended. It didn't matter which side we were on, or even the, the studio guys that were walking around helping us. I mean, everybody was cheering at the end. Come on, come on, come on! Oh, you know, or it was just so much fun. Nick and yeah. Nick and Jamie were cheering on that second game, but yeah, the, a lot the, of fun. The real end effect. Three changed to a two, but you know. Well, yeah, that, that, I did notice that. Like it's shown on the screen here, it was one nothing, but when it ended, it was actually two nothing. Is that something that? Say another one of theirs had leaked because there seems to be about a ten second lag from when the last creep. Well, you know, when they went to zero until the victory or defeat screen came up, is that something where you could have a, a dual loss if they if both sides lose on the same wave, or is that just you haven't quite polished it yet? Um, we're entering the major polish phase right now. Yes. The, the, so the game isn't done. That's why I'm. So asking. even it, even if it's even if it's a hundredth of a millisecond difference, it's uh, going to be a victory one team loss, will win and defeat. one team will lose. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, it really the real effect of the uh, anti-monopoly is that it leads to a lot of nail-biting moments because right up until the last creep, the very last creep, it's anyone's game. We have a lot of games where it's one to thirty-eight, 
and the other team will just pull it out of a hat. And it's it's just it's the best moment when you were right there on the edge and you were going to die and you figured out how to seal it up. And then you figured out the other team's weakness and they died. Yeah, I, I definitely and there's just something about that, you know, even we were like, No, no, go, go, go and it's just like right at the end you're like, Oh man Yeah, I, both games, the the second and third game, we knew that wave was the end of the game. But it was going to be who can slow down or kill enough creeps that the other guy screws up just a little bit faster than you. Which it, it's so much fun when games are close like that. And especially the third game, and we were up by five, then you were up by five, then we were up by five. And it was like a pendulum going back and forth because of the anti monopoly effect. Whereas, you know, most tower defense games, I can tell you within the first three waves who's going to win. So the, this game was really. And it become and you, you lose the element of surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly, you know, just like we were saying earlier, you you get up to that, uh, you know, wave five. Okay. Well, strategically, I know what I need to do to, to last this long. I just have so to now, after that. exactly. And I think the game element changes every time you play. And that's your. I mean, that's that's definitely something that's kind of a new thing. It's not going to be air every sixth wave, stealth every tenth wave, yeah. boss every you know fifteenth wave. It's just. Whatever you're and not ready for. Whatever the commander yeah. throws at you. Whatever anarchy comes through the portal. <laughs> yeah, which you can see what's coming, you know. Yeah. You know what the next wave is, and you can prepare for it, and you can totally kill your entire maze and rebuild in one spot if that's what you need to do. And then totally kill that one spot and rebuild the maze as quickly as possible. And it, It's a very fluid game. There is no, well, I've got the advantage. I've won. I might as well not finish playing now that a lot of tower defense games have done, you know, once you've got your maze set, there ain't anything going to kill it. Uh, why bother? I'm going to go make a sandwich. Then I, yeah, then I think you become too strong. That's the problem. You yeah. have too much strength. And then, yeah, you're right. It's like, yeah, I'll be back in a couple minutes. <laughs> and this one, if you blink, the game has changed. From wave to wave, I mean, we played one game where he's, you know, we announced we're going to do air on the next wave so you guys had two rounds to react to it and it still wasn't enough almost because that that wave I think we took like 15 lives from you guys yeah because once you become overwhelmed I mean at that point if you're not on the strategic offense and defense you're 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 screwed I mean yeah and it makes it harder and harder but yeah again going back to the anti-monopoly concept it still gives you that fighting chance. If you're down to two, that gives you that last-ditch effort to to take the other opposing team out, and uh, it does. It adds an excitement and, you know, it's just a fun, it's just a fun game to play. Right. That's, that's the bottom line. Especially with friends, you know. Nick isn't really anybody's friend, but the rest of us are all friends. <laughs> but, uh, you know, playing with friends... Edit where, that one out. <laughs> where, where it was cool to play... It didn't matter if we won or lost. It was fun. Whereas so many games, the emphasis is on winning or losing, not playing the game. And this one, at least in the version it is now, felt very, it's just fun to play. It's all about playing. I I didn't care if I won or lost. You know, we we cheered for Jamie when his team won, and we picked on Nick when they lost. But, you know, it, it, it was fun. So actually, to touch on the point of playing with friends, I told you it'd be $20 earlier, 
which is mostly true, but you buy the game for $20, you can actually invite friends uh, who are going to play with you for that session. They don't have to buy the game. So it's like the oh, 90s man. spawn copies. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah. Nice! <laughs> A lot of the ideas in here are not new. They're just disused. We wanted to bring spawns well, back. they're not profitable. Then you guys are... I mean, it's, hopefully you're profitable. It's, but it's, it's profitable like because people about will enjoy it and they'll share it. And then the people they share it with will buy the game. We know the game is fun. We're not trying to trick anyone. We want everybody to walk into this game and play this game because they know they're going to have a blast. Not because we, you know, said, oh, you're going to have fun. Just just buy the game. Just, you'll have fun. We promise. So if I buy a copy, and you may not have completely nailed it down yet, if I buy a copy, can I have seven friends who don't have the game and we all play off of mine, or is there a limit to how many so people it's I three. can respond to? Three. So you two can, of you us can form one team. But in essence, you would have one hosting it. So, so if that one host who owned the game was online, the others, in essence, wouldn't be able to play unless they owned. That's right. Okay. So, which, which makes yeah, sense. the the master or the owner, which would be the master copy, uh, has to be playing in the same game. Okay. Uh, not necessarily in the same team, but in the same game. Well, which is fine because, in essence, you know, that gives them a taste of what it's like, and hopefully, at that point, they would be compelled enough to purchase it their own, so they're able to do similar. So, I mean, I think the sharing concept—that's an incredible. Yeah, I, mean, I missed that from all games because it was right. like a, at least the multiplayer portion of any game, a full-on demo that you got to play with a friend and see how much fun it was, and then go from there. Whereas games now, it's like you get the the. 30 second demo and it's always going to be the best level of the game and yeah. you have nothing to look forward to after that because you played the best thing it's just so. like that movie trailer you need to oh. see the best part of the movie in the trailer <laughs> I, 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 never oh. in the movie horror and comedy as well. I actually forgot to mention that a large portion of the single player is free <laughs> there's a single yeah, player? yeah yeah. you can play single player we, we think of it as more of a training thing you, you get in there you try out some maze ideas you play again, you know, maybe you have stage fright and you don't want to play with other people because you're worried about ruining the game for them. I, a lot of people do it. I have, I have friends who do that. And uh, you just want to play single player. Well, uh, several of the maps are available as single player and free. Once you buy the game, more maps will be available in single player. But you'll actually get to try it out. Nobody has to be sitting there with you. That's awesome. So we, Is we it really a, you can go at your own pace... You know, like, I want to see how Air react on this map, so I send Air. Or is it more like the old ones where it's predefined what is being sent at me? So it's not predefined. Uh, It is... We have... I don't know if they'll make it into the final game. We have some that'll allow you to... which is We call it sandbox mode. um, Which allows you to send whatever you want against yourself. And you've got tons and tons of lives, and you can just try out different maze options. You get tons of money. Um, but we have other modes. Our, our main single-player modes are uh, you have a computer that randomly selects a uh, type of enemy to send against you and whether or not it's going to switch next and how many uh, uh, within the set limitations that multiplayer would have, you know, if it's going to send stronger or weaker troops or, uh, you know, buff troops or how it's going to handle that. So you'll get a semi-multiplayer experience out of it. It's not. It's not as fun as multiplayer, if you ask me. Um, oh, I think. I think the only way. I think the single the, player is fun as multiplayer. I think the only way to go is. I mean, not not to discredit the single player in any way, but I think the 
I think the really fun component of it would be to be able to play with friends. This game was designed from the ground up to be multiplayer tower defense. It's not tower defense with multiplayer tacked on. It's not multiplayer that's good at, or, uh, well, it's good at both, but it's not multiplayer that's, you know, equal to both. It was a multiplayer tower defense, and single player is there, so players can get a taste of the game, and they can get a feel like for how it's level. Mode. And it's, it's something of a training mode, and it's, um, the real fun is working with other people to crush another team. <laughs> that's that's okay. where we see this guess it is. Unless you're being crushed, of course, which yeah. we have experience. That was still fun. <laughs> but it was still fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, um, does anybody, anybody else have anything they'd like to interject? Yes, where do I leave Steam. my credit card for the $20? Steam, that's right. That's a very important one. Uh, so, go into a little bit of detail. Um, and I know I had I had uh, gauged this question earlier, um, however, not with you, but... Um, possibility of it moving to a mobile platform so as well um, I'll start with the mobile question first uh, f- we're actually based on unity um, our whole game is based off of uh, the unity engine which has been fantastic for us which is why we'll be releasing on both PC and Mac uh, but we have also thought about possibly releasing on mobile devices it's not sure yet we want to want to see how things go and if our game has all the performance necessary to release on a mobile uh, platform, you guys, as you guys can attest, it's kind of a pretty game. So absolutely, Graphi- oh, it's graphically and, amazing. And you guys were still in the other room talking with the other guys. Uh, the the there, there's a map, and yep. I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to. Ru- you can if you know which one I'm talking. You're talking about, about Babylon with yeah. butterflies. Yeah, there's butterflies, and you can zoom in and see like. Looks like a six by six grid of the map, all up close, and the game looks as good up close as it does zoomed up to where you can see the entire world. And then you hit tab and see the other team's world. You can zoom in and see, you know, the little intricacies of their maze or whatever. And, and it's just really cool um, how polished the game looks. And then you tell me the game isn't even done being polished yet um, on all the maps. And it looks phenomenal. And I'm not a graphics fan. I'm a gameplay fan. I could play, you know, six-bit graphics if such a thing existed. If the gameplay is there, and this game looks good. So we strongly believe that gameplay is king. We actually didn't put in any final polish until right before E3. And that's only, um, that's only some of the polish you're going to see. So we wanted the the gameplay had to be there before we made it pretty. Actually, David said, "Hey, look, this game's uh, David's one of our programmers." He said, "Look, this this game has got to be fun as a bunch of spheres and triangles. We didn't have spheres and triangles, but we had little like non-moving tanks and weird things in there before anything else. If the game is fun there, it'll be really fun once it's uh, once it's graphically pretty. And if it's not fun there, nobody will ever play it. So that's where we started. And uh, anyway, so." To finish that off, uh, we need to see if it'll run well on mobile devices. We're not going to release something that is a slideshow for anything. So, so do you think if if you did anticipate, you know, um, maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. If it did, um, if it did make a migration as well to mobile devices, do you think the price point would maintain the same, or do you think so? That's something that we really need to dig deep into. The mobile client base, I've worked in mobile before, is a little bit different from the PC base. They, uh, in PC world, 
and in the console world, an expensive game is more than $60. A pretty well-priced game is $60, and a cheap game is 15 or 20 In the, uh, well, the world of iPads and iPhones, a cheap game is free, a, an expensive game is a dollar, and a very expensive game is five. So Square Enix isn't even on that list. <laughs> so it, it's something for Dragon Quest. Yeah, so yeah. Right. We have to look into. Plus, our game is uh, ty- oh, the servers do all the simulation on the back end to make sure that nobody can cheat. So we need to make sure that that translates well to a mobile experience. I mean, if you can't play in your car, is it really worth playing? We need to make sure all that's fun. We're not going to release any game or any port that we think is substandard. So that's really important for us. Correct. So, um, but we're also going to be releasing on Steam shortly. Um, we're in Steam Greenlight right now. So if you guys could all go home and vote for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Why don't you tell our uh, tell our listeners how, how they can go about maybe doing that? The best way to find it, or at least the easiest way that I've found, is just Google uh, Greenlight and Defenders of Time. And that'll take you straight to our page. You'll know when you see it. You will. You will know. Um, it'll have a little transforming tower in the uh, in the icon. So. And I make sure we'll also be uh, publicizing that on uh, at straight www.yourgamesource.com. And yes, Gerald, I was going to say that one point. Um, we'll also make sure uh, check out our social media as well. Uh, we will more than uh, be more than happy to get that on social media as well, so our uh, viewers can also have an opportunity to do that as well. That. I'm glad you guys were able to come out here and play. Oh, you Thank you for having us. It was awesome. This is yeah, an incredible opportunity for Game Source. I think I can say on behalf of us all that this was a phenomenal opportunity. We appreciate all the time that you and your folks were able to spend with us. That that is that alone, you know, is a ton, a ton of credit in our book. So well, we really appreciate you guys coming out here and taking a look. It's always a blast. Well, we we appreciate. Blast to be here. Okay. Uh, remember four lights. Four lights, uh, Defenders Time. Uh, we'll have more. Uh, check us out at www.yourgamesource.com, the latest and greatest in all that is gaming news and aggregate media. And we are on Facebook at Game Source, Twitter at Game Source, and YouTube, which this will probably at some point make with one of Gerald's standardized images. Uh, yourgamesource.com, that's D O T C O M. I can't even speak tonight. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much, John, for joining us this evening. And uh, I think that will about wrap it up, guys. Yeah. I'm leaving my credit card here so I can pick this up when it like charges straight to credit. That's right. Well, thanks, folks. Have a great night, and until next time, remember check out www.yourgamesource.com.